0: Take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. Great singing today. Some people that know signings are letting me know that we think Miss Jennifer missed her piano while she was away because she really played that thing awesome this morning. Amen. You know when your pianist is fired up when you can't even hear yourself think. I love it. But I always tell her, I said, jam that thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. Verse number 18. Again, we're taking the challenge this month, all of us, Really should be every month, but especially November. It is the month of Thanksgiving. My third favorite holiday. I guess I go Christmas, Easter, and then Thanksgiving. But I love Thanksgiving. I really do. I love the opportunity for family to get together, but I love the emphasis of being thankful. The longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. And it is a book of praise, thanksgiving, gratitude. And uh, I do think we could have revival in our churches, in our homes, and our families if we would just be a little bit more thankful. Look at verse 18, the Bible says, and be not drunk with wine when there's excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now look at verse 20. Look at this a nice long run-on sentence that God gives us, but I love it. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. It's amazing that gratitude is in the same thought or same context as being Spirit-filled. That's a pretty powerful challenge. You may be seated. We'll hear a special get the message for today. Thank you so much.
1: Neon lights and stained glass windows, old bar stools and back row pews ran to one more than the other, but I couldn't outrun you, trying to fill up all the empty, trying to numb the pain inside, thinking you'd never forgive me for all those Saturday nights. But thank God for Sunday morning, thank God for 316, say you bled and gave your life for me. Thank God for a choir singing and a voice saying, come back home. Saturday night looked like the end of the story, but thank God for Sunday morning. Now I know that you're no stranger. To the broken hearts like mine, it's what you do. Yes, somehow you bring dead things back to life. And it might look like it's as over as a stone over a grave. But I've seen you move. I'm living proof. You still roll stones. And the words in red, I say you bled and gave your life for me. Thank God for a choir singing and a voice saying, come back home. Saturday night looked like the end of the story, but thank God for Sunday morning. Sunlight through the stained glass windows feels like freedom on my face It really is a new beginning It really is amazing grace Thank God for Sunday morning Thank God for 316 and the the story, mm-hmm. but thank God for Sunday morning, thank God for Sunday morning.
0: All right. that's great. i tell you what, man, I've had a lot of good memories made on a Sunday morning praise the lord for a sunday morning and i appreciate that song it's been good to have hudson here he's a uh, b- busy playing the piano now he plays by ear so he's able to help out with special music and he's also going to be helping out with our soul winning and visitation program starting this coming saturday and i appreciate him jumping in and getting involved there so good to have him here today i uh was probably 24 years old and had only been pastoring about a year and a half and just got here and hadn't even been saved you know five six years and Christian life was still very new to me. It's still growing. I still can't believe this church was <clears throat> crazy enough to vote in such a young, immature, green pastor. But God sure has been good to all of us, you know. Um, but early in life, and I've really learned this from my mother. My mother has always been a grateful woman. But on the Christian realm, I got challenged in a different uh, way by an older preacher when I was very young at 24 years old. And uh, many of you remember who he was. He came and preached at our old church, Lee Robertson. And We had a conversation one day, and he said that one of the keys to his long life and one of the keys to all the blessings, is he just consistently had a gratitude attitude, an attitude of thankfulness. And I began to read business books. Many of you know I like to read business books. And I read books about successful people and and what they do to make themselves successful. And these are even from people that may not even be Christians. They may not even believe like we do today. But two things consistently were on their list of things they did every day. One of them was meditation, which I think is a great biblical principle, by the way. God came up with meditation before the world did. That's a biblical principle. But they also said they made a list of things they were thankful for daily. So I began to just go on this mission of of being more thankful. I challenged myself too. I've not been perfect, I've been up and down through the years. I love the book of Psalms. I read different portions of scriptures every day, but probably for the last 16 or 17 years, I've always read something from the book of Psalms because of the challenge the Psalms gives us. My wife and I, and Brielle at the time, was about one or two years old. We were eating at a restaurant on a Saturday. I'll never forget, we saw a veteran there. He had a hat on that that, that testified of his service to our country. And next Sunday, of course, a Saturday or next Sunday, we're honoring our veterans. And, and we thanked him for his service. And even my daughter and her mixed uh, baby talk uh, thanked him for the service he gave to us. And we'll never forget, this particular man was a World War II vet, combat a Korean War vet combat, and a Vietnam vet combat. You don't find men like that too much. And when we said thank you, his wife and him both began to weep here in Jefferson City about 23 years ago. And they, she said, this is the first time de- my husband has ever been personally thanked for his service to our country. Boy, the Lord just started working on my heart in that area. And I began to try to teach my children that. I began to try to, to my wife and I challenged each other on that. And, boy, and let me just testify, we've been far from perfect in that area but it has helped us so much. It has helped our lives. I began to just have fun with it, just to really work on being thankful. We started playing games like at a restaurant we would ask the waitress to go get the manager and and sadly in America when you ask the waitress to get the manager, what does the waitress usually do? She's afraid. She's timid. She's bashful. She has that slow walk of shame back to the uh, cooking area and then the manager follows her back in that walk of shame and the first question he asks, as always church, help me out, is, is there a That's right. Is there a problem? Why would he ask that? Because he has been conditioned to ask that. And I said, no sir, there's not a problem at all. My family and I would just like to thank you for hiring this incredible waitress and we'll make sure the tip is good and we just wanted to say thank you for this wonderful establishment. Our drinks have been full. The food has been great. and We just want to say thank you. And the look of shock on their face taught me a valuable lesson to continue to work on that. I'll never forget it was my early days of traveling. I was preaching at a a place, distant, distant state, I don't remember exactly what state it was, but after we checked out of the hotel that day, I walked to the front desk and asked the lady behind the counter if she would call the manager. And again, the manager came up and said, help me, church, is there a... I said, no, ma'am, there's not. You guys had awesome pillows. The breakfast was great. Here's a little track. I've been preaching in this church. And I gave her a track from our church. A few weeks later, she had written me a letter, and she said, I've been managing this hotel for nine years, and I've never been personally thanked. And boy, I just challenged my heart. I... I I, I, you say, "What preacher, are you... No, I'm not bragging about it. I'm, I'm bragging on the power of being grateful. And I'm not grateful enough. And I really don't think we could ever be grateful enough. And I began to thank, say thank you for everything. I'll never forget, one man in this church years ago came to my office and said, Preacher, I think you say thank you too much. And I said, without skipping a beat, thank you for telling me that. And it was kind of an awkward moment. <laughs> it was an awkward moment. We stared at each other, and he walked away, and I was like, Well, I'm an idiot, and I've already made a fool of myself this morning. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Sorry, Anna. Forgive me for half have it, But anyway, uh, just, uh, just, it's just to be thankful, just to have gratitude. And then one day after hearing Lee Robertson teach me that I was reading Ephesians 5, and the Holy Spirit just, just spoke to my heart and said, wow, think about this power here. Here it is. He says spiritfulness. He talks about being spiritful, being full of the Spirit of God. And in that context, gratitude shows up. God tells us what to be thankful for. He, he literally answers all the WH questions. Where, what, when, how, who, all that. He says it right there. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks. You're supposed to give what? Thanks. Uh, how often? Always. For what? All things. I mean, everything. Where? Anytime. Anywhere. Anytime. As long as you have breath, we can get thankful. That's what the book of Psalms teaches us. And it just began to be a challenge and a burden in my heart. And boy, I, I got to this one other meeting and the preacher made a statement. I'll never forget it. He said... He used to be in America. Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. Then eventually it became give me liberty. Today it's just give me. We have seen a progression or shall I say digression of the power of gratitude. We are a PC society, but it's not the political correctness I'm talking about today. It's the professional complaining society we live in today. Social media breeds it too. And we live in a world, a very interesting world, especially as Americans, where we have gone from from the power of his blessings humbling us to where we have actually become entitled in our thinking. And when we consider who God is today and what he has done and is capable of doing, he is the great I am. He's not just the God of the past and the present. He's the great I am. He is not constricted by time There is no past or present. God always has been, always is, and always will be. He is outside of time, space, and volume. That's the God we just sang about for the last 20 minutes. That's the God we just praised for the last 20 minutes. And that God, He has has a cattle on thousands of hills. He has streets paved with gold. That God does not necessarily need our money. We give because it's a blessing for us to give. That God wants one simple thing from His people. One simple thing from His children. And that is to be a grateful people. But here's what's happened today. We have allowed feelings to supersede faith. When faith should supersede feelings. When David showed up, he saw a hillside, including the king, where feelings had superseded faith. And David showed up and brought his faith in the back. He brought a slingshot and five some stones. I'll tell you what else he brought in his other pocket. He brought a bag of faith. As you study the Bible, you'll find that Jesus Christ himself was the epitome of somebody who said, I'm going to put faith over feelings. When he prayed from his heart using that phrase, Abba, Father, which is an intimate phrase where he is in in an intimate way expressing this this hardship he's about to endure that nobody else would ever even touch the hem of his garment as far as suffering goes, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and and physically. And Jesus Christ says, Abba, Father, let this cup pass me, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as I will. He says, God, I'm going to make sure faith and the mission is over my feelings. And we live in a generation today where we make the statement oftentimes, well, I just don't feel like it. And it has now superseded our potential to be thankful, our potential to be a blessing, our potential to be blessed. And we have become professional complainers. We have found every reason to complain. We have plenty of reasons to complain. And I say this oftentimes, I can wake up every morning. I have 500 reasons why I can be miserable that day, but I have 500 reasons why I can be thankful and be blessed that day. I make the choice. The devil votes one way God votes the other way I'm the tiebreaker and so are you so my challenge today is for us to teach those precious children in the building next door and raise up a generation of young people who will say God's been so good to me not just because of what he has done but because of who he is and in his goodness and in his presence and in his power and in all that he does we can simply say God thank you thank you for being the God you are today So there's a few quick things I want to remind you of today and I'll be done real quickly. Number one, thank God for salvation. You say, preacher, you preach that a lot. You are right. And I will continue to preach it. Because the average Baptist in America, they doesn't even let out a a holy belch when somebody mentions that statement anymore. We talk about the fact of being saved by the grace of God. A sustained salvation That is completely dependent upon the finished work of Jesus Christ and not on my own merits. A salvation that he purchased because he died on the cross and shed his blood. A salvation that he gave to me because he rose from the dead and had the power over sin, hell, death, and the devil himself. A salvation that says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, lest not of works, lest any man should boast. Boy, so much of today is coming up with the idea of work salvation and works ideology. But I've got news for you today. You and I can't work our way to heaven. We can't make our way to heaven. We can't buy our way to heaven. We can't pay our way to heaven. Way to heaven. But thank God, thank God not of works lest any man should boast, not of yourselves but Jesus Christ has given us that salvation for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life as I was driving back from the hospital this morning I was listening to some praise music I was thinking about Miss Mary, who might, who might be seeing Jesus soon and I went back to last May when my father passed and I couldn't help but think his tears started to come down my face again how I'm going to see my daddy again I have that promise there's a hello after goodbye I don't have to wonder about it. I don't have to be nervous about it. My daddy got saved the same way I got saved, the same way anybody gets saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of salvation, there's hope. Because of salvation, there's promise. Because of salvation, there's forgiveness. Because of salvation, there's joy. Because of salvation, there's mercy. Because of their salvation, there is, there is an eternity that awaits us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That, I, it's been a while since I've done the time of the praise. Whoa, hallelujah. There's the car right there. Okay. It has been a while since I've done that. Because of the gift of salvation, because of the gift of his love, we have eternal life, and we have it forevermore. Salvation. Salvation. Sometimes people, they just want to come up with this excuse. Why I, it's not in my personality to praise God and get excited like that. I get that. But the Chiefs are playing, if I'm not mistaken, in London, England right now. Oh, Germany. I knew it wasn't America. <laughs> About the same, right? Robbie, oh Robbie's in junior church. Great song, by the way, really. He probably knows where the score is right now. He's preaching the teens and looking at kids and teaching for the score. But I guarantee you there's not a section in that arena or in that stadium that has a section denoted for the introverts. I've been to many ball games and when you walk in and you give your ticket, there's not a man at a clipboard that says, Sir, ma'am, are you an extrovert or an introvert? There's an introvert section over there so you don't have to be around all the loud people. It's amazing how an athlete who doesn't even know our name can make an introvert lose his mind because of a three-pointer or a touchdown or some kind of a goal. But then we come to church. Well, well, what are people going to think about me? They don't ask that at stadiums. They don't. It's like the going thing. You know why they don't ask that? Because everybody's going crazy for that guy down there in tight pants and shoulder pads, kicking that ball across some pasture through some plumbing. But when you think about the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ has saved your soul, and by the way, God knows your name and my name. Two weeks from today, Bedwell. Two weeks from today, man. 20 years ago, you got saved. And it shouldn't go dry on us anymore, church. We ought to get more happy each day we get closer to it. Somebody asked me today, how's it feel getting older? I said, I'm getting younger. Every day that goes by, I'm getting closer to seeing my Jesus. Can I challenge us today to thank God for our salvation? When is the last time you thought about the salvation that God gave to you and me? There's 8 billion people on this planet and we hear it all the time and we should never grow weary of it. God saved my soul. I'm never going to touch hell, Miss Paulette. I'm going to heaven someday. I've been forgiven. I've been justified. I've been sanctified. I've been glorified. He's been so good to me. I know I'm going to heaven someday. Thank God for salvation. Boy, I thank God after all those baptisms I experienced, all those religious things, man, tried to make me do. One day I finally heard somebody preach the gospel freely and the Lord Jesus Christ, convicted my heart by way of the Holy Spirit and I came to salvation, thank God for salvation today it is so good to be saved today real quickly, number two I thank God for the sacrifices that have been made Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 15 says and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the less more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved when I say sacrifices, I'm not talking about what our country celebrates as sacrifices When we throw awards at actors, and celebrities, and actresses, and athletes, they make some sacrifices. Boy, they sure get rewarded handsomely for it, but rather the sacrifices are our military. See we try to teach young people around here, if you're a visitor today, we try to teach young people around here that a soldier is more important than Patrick Mahomes. And a school teacher is more important than LeBron James. And that a policeman or a fireman is more important than Michael Jordan. They have all their trophies and championships which have done nothing for our country to benefit us. And yet we have people that make sacrifices all the time. There's people in our nursery right now making sacrifices, watching our children. There's people that clean this building week in and week out making sacrifices. Boy, I thank God for people who make legitimate sacrifices that please the Lord. There's missionaries on the field right now who make the ultimate sacrifice of leaving the comforts of America to travel this world and take the story of Jesus Christ to an unknown tribe, to an unknown language and tell them that Jesus loves them just like he loves us. Boy, I thank God for the sacrifices of people. I thank God for the Christians who have sacrificed their lives and and, and their their livelihoods so that we can still have church today 2,000 years later. Boy, I thank God for the sacrifices of the old-time preachers who didn't quit and they kept on going. I thank God for the sacrifices of those that sing in the choir and those that teach a Sunday school class and those that serve in different capacities. I thank God for the sacrifices that those that do what they can to get the Word of God to one more person, to one more child, to one more teenager. To one more old person, one more middle-aged person, taking the word of God to this world. Thank God for those sacrifices that are made. I love sports like the most, like the rest of you. We, I get it. We're all like all like that. But boy, when you put things in perspective, athletes really don't mean a whole lot in the whole scheme of eternity. America would have been just fine with if LeBron James had never become a famous basketball player. But boy, we need that soldier, don't we? We need that teacher. We need that doctor. We need that lawyer. We. Maybe not lawyer, I don't know. We need some of them. (laughs) If you're a lawyer, we love you, praise the Lord. Number three, number one, thank God for salvation. Number two, thank God for sacrifice. Number three, thank God for servants. Servants, servants. Piper asked Wednesday night, what's the greatest verse on leadership? And it probably boils down to Jesus making this simple statement one time when he said, the greatest of you is your servant. The greatest of you is your minister. And Paul said this in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that. He counted me faithful. Look at this. Putting me into the ministry. Putting me into the ministry. So let me ask you a question today. Do you have something to complain about? Does anybody in this room have something to complain about today? I do. I've had plenty of reason to complain today. I drove to Columbia back. And Sunday mornings a lot quieter than normal, but there's still people that still think you've got to drive in the left lane when nobody's in the right lane. And my PC side of me started to raise up, and the Lord said, Randy, you remember what you're about to preach in about an hour and a half? And I was like, so I started singing praises to Jesus and drove around him on the right side. And I seriously thought the dude was dead. I don't know how he was driving. He looked like a zombie. He was passed out. He must high. I don't know what he was doing. I checked on him. I don't even think he had a pulse, but he was driving in the left lane. Very slowly. Do you have a reason to complain today? Yeah, yeah. We all do. But do we have a reason to be thankful? That leads us to number four. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I'll close with this one. Can we just be thankful for the sweetness of the Christian life? The sweetness, sweet. The word sweet. We said salvation, we said sacrifice, we said service. Number four, sweetness. I like the word sweet. How many like sweets? My wife does. My wife has often said she thinks always we should eat dessert first before the main course. Because what if the rapture happens? You want to be able to eat the dessert before the rapture happens, right? Sweets, right? But the the Christian life has a lot of sweetness. Here's what the Bible teaches us. Again, God says it in Ephesians, which was our opening text, and giving thanks always for all things, right? But then to the church of Thessalonica, he tells the same thing in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you're going to help me preach the last few minutes and I'll be done. I want you real quickly, all over the building, just, just, you can stand up, you can raise your hand, you can just speak out, whatever. Just give us a few sweet things you're thankful for about being a Christian, being an American, being a family person, whatever it is. Two or three words, all right? Two or three words. Jim Mayer's not here. Two or three words of Cole Carlyle. Two or three words. All right, Brother George. What's that? All your grandchildren are saved. Praise God for that, man. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. What else? Brother Bedwell. Peace. Peace. Joy. Liberty. Amen. Miss Paulette. Forgiveness. Come on, help me now. Come on, help me now. Yes, back there. Love. Oh, yes. Thank God for love. The greatest of these is charity. Yes, Jennifer. God's word. Really hit home after last And huh, Jennifer? Yes. Brother Stone. Hope. Hope. Hope for the street. Faith. Faith. Y'all are good. Y'all preaching better than me now. I'm out of job. Yes, Miss Mindy. Mercy and, grace. Mercy and grace. Yes. Yes, Miss Vicki. Church family. church family. I love my church family. Yes. Who? You're not marriage? Curry. Curl. <laughs> I was going to say, she's single. It, it, it's fitting that a... It's fitting that a single person would be thankful for marriage. I notice no married person has said that yet. Courage, that's a good one. Brother Beno, go ahead. Marriage. marriage, there we go. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I'm thankful for marriage too, amen. Yes, Brother Chris. Truth. Truth. Ooh, I love that one. Yes, couple more, man. Yes, Brother Coons. Thanksgiving. Who? Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving holiday, amen. Yes, sir. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Yes, sir, Brother Anthony. The man on the middle cross said I can come. The man in the middle cross said, I can come. I love that. That's a great statement. Yes, Morgan. The, the what? The Lord and the I'm sorry. It is running, it runs in the family. The Lord and the who? And the Bible. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. The Lord and the Bible. Yes, good. If you quit laughing at my my failures, all right? Yes, Miss Patty. Heaven! Heaven, heaven, Miss Patty will see your mama someday. I remember preaching her funeral. Yes, Nicole. Three words. Who? Grace. Grace! Nicole did it in one word. What a miracle. Praise the Lord, Nicole. <laughs> you rock, Nicole. Couple more, a couple more, a couple more. Couple more. Yes, Jared. Abundance of life. Abundance of life. Yes, Janelle? Did you say something? Oh, I thought you said something, I thought I heard my wife's voice there <laughs> anyway. Got nervous. No, Brother George church and its truth. Amen. Amen. Yes, Piper. There will be no more tears. tears. That's a place that we will have that someday as a Christian. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Wonderful. The sweetness, the sweetness. Put your faith over your feelings. Be thankful because God is so good. Had your bad eyes are closed. Thank you for listening so well.